We'd like to welcome everyone back to the Nova Society. And today, Scott and I conclude our conversation about the Israel conflict as we talk about maybe a couple of theories as to how this happened from an internal standpoint and a lack of understanding by many in the United States as it relates to the Israel-Palestine conflict. So let's listen in. The the reason that that I think Netanyahu can do this is because he's been such a hardliner uh, through most of his career and certainly right now and has put together the, the worst right-wing government that Israel has ever seen, which has caught, created all this chaos there over the last six or seven months. Um, it is, however, possible, and I should. this is a horrible thing to even say because there's no proof of it, but the Egyptians say that they provided the Israeli intelligence with the you know the, the news that this a strike was going to happen and what they're saying now for after first denying it Netanyahu's um office has confirmed that that they did get advance word of this happening they claim that they thought it would happen in the West Bank not Gaza and so they were looking the other direction when it happened uh, what is possible is that Netanyahu let this happen because he really doesn't believe in the peace agreement with uh, Saudi Arabia, but felt pushed into it and might have thought that a nice little terrorist uprising that he could put down would pretty much end that altogether. And he would have the, the ability to say, hey, look, we tried to make peace with the Saudi Arabians, but it didn't work out because of the terrorists and the Palestinians. I hate to say that, but I'm saying it because it is possible, but it is it would be brutal um, of him to do. And uh, I'm hoping. And it wouldn't that, be the first time I'm the leader that, did, did, you know, took that back around the back way to do something like that. Uh, again, we're not saying that that's the case, but once again, when you look at all the players on the board. To the average Israeli, is having normalized relations with the Saudis good for them? Yeah. I mean, th there really isn't a downside to it. Unless you are a far-right conservative government wanting to hold on to, to some power, then maybe that is, it, it isn't in your, your party's best interests. But that'd be something you really have to think about a lot. Exactly what would be the benefit to Netanyahu to get this get this terrorist action to happen so that he solidifies. Now, one of the things that did happen in Israel over the past couple of days is now they have a, a new a, an emergency government, which has brought all the people that actually hate each other together to be able to form this government because they're going against a single cause. And I've always said war is the great, uh, it's a glue that brings a country together. Whenever you have war, all those factions with their own little petty grievances and problems, they will come together every time you have a war for the good of the country. This may be, and again, we're not saying it, this is the case by no means, but it is something that as we start to look at the situation, we have to ask ourselves, does this, is bringing this group together, because there was a lot of complaints in Israel before this happened about Netanyahu's process, uh, uh, programs and policies as it related to the court system, 
as it related to a lot of things going on in Israel. There was a lot of criticism going on, and all that criticism's gone now that this has happened. So it wouldn't be the first time that a, that a country's leader allowed something to happen so that it, it bettered their position. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, Israel is the kind of place that does commissions and will put together, uh, you know, a governing body to uh, investigate, you know, what happened here and why and how it was allowed to happen and see and see if there is any evidence along those lines. Again, I'm saying hopefully, I, I, I you know, there's no it's one side of Netanyahu's personality that I think attracts me to that possibility. But there's, you know, one way or another, Netanyahu screwed up. His entire um, raison d'etre has been to keep Israelis safe, and he has failed miserably at that. So I would think that Netanyahu's government is not long for this world anyway, and that a vote of no confidence and a new government, a new election, and a new leadership will be coming in. The same thing happened in the aftermath of the of the Yom Kippur War in 1973. And I would expect that that would happen again. Mm, uh, that's the, so I know uh, their I intelligence chief definitely. probably isn't long for his job. <laughs> that's probably that's probably one guy that has no chance of keeping his job. Yeah, uh, but but I mean, I think that there are plenty, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, votes, right? So the, the people of Hamas voted for the people of uh, Gaza voted for Hamas. The people of Germany voted for Adolf Hitler. They got more than they bargained for. The people of the United States, by the way, did not vote for Donald Trump. It was an uh, electoral college thing. More people have voted against Donald Trump than have voted for against anybody in history. Um, so, so, you know, I don't think he falls into that category. If it happened again, I would have to say, yes, it did, yeah. because we, we know what's coming. And, we are, and he's made no secret about it that it's yeah. going to be one man rule and he's going to get rid of the entire federal government and replace them with Trump loyalists. It's going to be a very different country if Trump ever gets back in the white house again. But, uh, but that's off topic. Sorry. Um, no, it's not actually the, 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 the key here is that Netanyahu's entire rap has been, I I'm the one who can keep Israelis safe and he's failed at it. So what has he got now? He's a corrupt politician. Who's probably on his way to prison as other Israeli leaders have gone to prison and he's got nothing to stand up there and say, Hey, you know what? I may be corrupt, but I keep you safe. You can't say that anymore. So he's right. got, he's got nothing, you know? And, yep. uh, and, and so I don't, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll be in his job very long once, once the crisis is over and the crisis is going to be not going to be over for a while. All right. We with five minutes left. I just wanted to quickly hit on the Harvard incident where the students spoke up against an anti-Israeli stance and the CEOs absolutely just beat them up for it. Do you think that uh, speaking your mind and that being anti-Israeli, is is that yeah. How do I want to okay. say this? <laughs> I don't even know how uh, I want to put it. Is you don't that, have to is, phrase it. Is that as big a taboo? So, first of all, there. I, and when you're in a university, there really should be no taboo subjects. Correct. Um, you know how they how they say that when you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. I've been an educator since I was 22 years old, 
everything looks to me like a problem with education and this is no different. <laughs> I, 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 I took the time yesterday to, to, you know, I brought out, I put maps up on the wall. I played the Netanyahu speech. I talked to my class. I answered their questions. Not a lot of them had questions. I'm pretty sure that most of them went, what the fuck is Israel? Um, yeah. and, and right. And they don't know anything about, they don't have any basis for talking because I did this several years ago in a conflict class. And I said, we need to resolve the Arab Israeli conflict in, in our class. And they were like, what Arab Israeli conflict? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, okay, I got a lot of work to do oh, here. Boy. And it's, it, we may not get to the negotiating table for a while. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that it, this generation that says that, you know, nothing that ever happened in black and white movies are no good. And nothing that ever happened before the day they were born matters to them that the, that the Harvard students are ignorant. Oh, I hate to say it, Harvard, but your students are ignorant yeah. and, and and they're in dire need of some education. And of course, people get their education from strange places these days. I think that's always been the case. I got my education from Mad Magazine, so I'm not one to talk, but at least it gave me a nice cynical view of the world. Uh, the Harvard See, kids. Mine came from Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, Monty Python after after that though. But uh yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I my, my I put on uh the Holy Grail the other night and my kids looked at it and say, Why are they making believe they're riding horses? Like, That's Monty <laughs> Python. <laughs> you know, if you didn't if you didn't watch the TV show before you saw the movie, it wouldn't make much sense, but it makes Big perfect sense. sense. <laughs> it was kind of a low budget affair. Um so you know, so but the kids today they don't they don't look at things the way that we did and they don't have the they don't have a global view of things and they have very limited information sources and they don't really know what's going on and they they say things that are kind of stupid a lot and and out of ignorance and you got to sit them down, put them on your knee and talk to them, which is what I did with my class yesterday. And I, I just said, look, this is the situation and here's the history. And this is where it's going. This is where it could go. And people want to stop that from happening. And the people who want to stop things from happening are willing to use violence to, to stop it from happening. And that's the situation that we're in now. And I, and, uh, I put up Kevin McCarthy. He came up with a five-step plan because yesterday he was still hoping that he could be speaker again. Yes. So he'd come up with a five-step plan. It was the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. It was it was almost like that old Steve Martin routine about how you can make a million dollars and never pay taxes. And he starts it with first, get a million dollars. Um, this was like first free the hostages, you know? And it's like, okay, Kev, thanks. Thanks very much. I mean, thanks, I Kev, think everybody obvious. knows that we're going to, we're going to get the, we're going to get yeah. the hostages out if we can, obviously that's going to be something. And then the last thing on his list, which, which also included by the way, securing our border, the last thing on his list, was um, speak out against anti-Semitism at home. And my first thought was, hey, Kev, why isn't that the first thing that we're doing? Because you can do that without freeing the hostages. You don't have to wait until the hostages are free before you do that. And you don't have to wait for any of these other things to happen before you do that. You can do that right now. You didn't even have to write it down. You could have just said, we'll stop. let's cut it out with the anti-Semitism here, people. And, yeah. and that would have been a good use of your limited leadership capacity. Um, so so I made them make their own list. I'll, I'll see it on Friday. I said I put them in groups and I said, make your own list. How should we resolve this problem? You're in the you're in the the, the seat now. You've got your group has to figure out how how to deal with this situation. 
and we'll see, we'll see what they come up with. Hopefully somebody comes up with something kind of interesting, but I fear that they're going to come up with very standard stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. Again, going after the low hanging fruit, the, you know, and you're right, Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, I did see that. Uh, and yeah, let's start with getting rid of anti-Semitism in the United States. That's a, that should be a fairly easy one. And the other thing that, that I wanted to make mention, Nikki Haley uh, was on and she said that that's why we have to secure the southern border, because that's where the terrorists from the Middle East are going to come from, because it is a direct route from Tehran to Buenos Aires to Mexico City to across the border. I mean, that's the that's the political thinking, which, again, once again, Nikki Haley disappointed me, uh, thinking that uh, the southern border now is not only fentanyl, which is actually being brought over by Americans more than immigrants, but this is where those terrorists are going to come across and do the same thing to us that they did to uh, that they did to Israel. Which uh, just I yeah. I'm set. I mean, was, I was Nikki Haley not in, not born yet during uh, at nine eleven when, when I, you know these guys flew into the country? They had I, no problem getting in there. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's it, it just statements like that that worry me. Scott, well, you see always that. good to you, talk to you, partner. All right. You be well, man. We'll, we'll, see we you will next talk time. to you next week. Same. Terrific. All right, man. We'll talk to you. See you us. take Hopefully care. Things will be better. Bye. Hopefully. All right. Bye. So that's all the time we have for today's episode. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the JCIS, an open journal for upcoming scholars. The JCIS is currently accepting article submissions on an ongoing basis. The JCIS is a publication of Nova Works, a depository at Nova Southeastern University. The Phoenix Group, an independent research consortium offering social issue solutions to NGOs and international government agencies through multidisciplinary, nonpartisan, and unbiased research. And finally, BH Conflict Resolution Services, a full-service dispute resolution firm offering expert and cost-effective mediation services to couples, groups, and businesses. BHCRS can be reached at www.bhcrs.com. We'd also like to thank our podcast partners, Buzzsprout, who hosts the Nova Society, iHeartRadio, where people get their music and podcasts, Apple iTunes, the largest source for music and podcasts on the internet, Spotify, the most popular source for the Nova Society. The Nova Society is available on all these and other quality platforms mentioned in our description. And finally, PodKite, our analytical partners. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. Without you, the Nova Society would not be possible. If you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest on the Nova Society, we can be reached at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. Always remember, the power of society is knowledge. So for Dr. Scott Gershwer, Dr. Brooklyn Ann Weldon, and all of us here at the Nova Society, I'm Dr. Mark Bound. Be well, and we hope to see you again next time. 